morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number 36. And this week, Mr. Viss, hello, Mr. Viss, how are you today? I'm all right. I just wish the uh, weather would make up its mind. Uh, yes, April showers bring May flowers, and we're almost out of April. Uh, tomorrow it will be May Day, and hopefully we'll just get a little bit, like you said, buddy, a little bit more consistent weather. That would be very nice to have. Yeah. Uh, how's uh, how's that treating you out on the pitch? Uh, you know, we, we've we actually been okay with it. Um got colder a little bit uh, this weekend, but Friday when we had our match, it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and how'd you do? We uh, we got handled pretty good on Friday, five to one. Uh, we were a little bit short-handed. Yeah. Um, with we had a dance, so some of our players chose to go to the dance instead, and we played an undefeated team, and they they showed us why they were undefeated. Yeah, yeah, boy, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's that's a tough uh, combination to handle there, bud. Yeah. No, it's all right. Just just uh, find your inner Ted Lasso and see what you can do. How about that? <laughs> you know. Um. All right. Well, hey, episode number thirty-six. We want to talk about watching film in the off season and some of the stuff that Tony and I have done in the past and the present. Uh, before we go there, Mister Viss, I have five. We're, we are down drastically from the last few weeks. We've hit some hot numbers uh, in the in the lower thirties. Uh, but number 36, I know this is hard to imagine. Not as many great athletes wearing number 36, Tony. Um, I have two football players, two basketball players, and a baseball. Well, I, you know what? I can't, even, I can't even do that one on the baseball. Greg Maddox apparently at some point wore number 36, but I don't recall him wearing number 36. He's always... 31 to me so i'm crossing him out so i've got two basketballs and two footballs buddy uh man one is a hall of fame running back jerome bettis one for one there it is uh the other football player very important to the history um of the national football league he is or he is known as, known for the, uh, he is basically the Jackie Robinson of the NFL. If you get if you get this one, I'll be very impressed with your. Uh, uh, I'm not going to get this one. I'm I'm stuck. Okay, there's a guy by the name of Marion Motley. Okay. Okay. I think I read it one time, but it just wasn't coming to me. But yeah. Yep. He uh, he was one of the first two African Americans, along with. Uh, Bill Willis. Uh, I'm doing a little Wikipedia search here, but he he broke in at the same time, um, and he played with the Cleveland Browns. And those two actually broke the color barrier uh, earlier than uh, Jackie Robinson did. They played in September of 1946, and Jackie Robinson obviously didn't go until April 15th, 1947. So uh, a a lot of attention is given to Jackie Robinson, and rightfully so. But Marion Motley was the the first to to do so uh, in the modern era, post World War II. So, um, and then two basketballers, one still playing. Whew. Dwight Howard, did he wear it at one time? Uh, he may have. I didn't have him on the list though. Okay. 
man, I don't know if I'm going to get any of the basketballers. Uh, let's see here. This guy, uh, this guy give it away, but what the heck. Dyes his hair green. Dyes his hair green. Oh, is it the guy that plays for the Spurs? Not for the Spurs. He's still playing right now. His team is in the final eight. He was in the final eight, still playing now. Last year's Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, Marcus Smart. Yep, there you go. And the other one uh, wore this number as a member of the world champion Detroit Pistons. (sighs) Wasn't Rodman, was it? Nope. James Edwards? Nope. Wrong world champion Detroit Pistons team. Oh, shoot. Wrong era. There's only been two eras of world champion Detroit Pistons (laughs) basketball. Oh, man. This wasn't the bad boy era. No. Shoot. I don't think I'm going to get this one. All right. Uh, Vince Carter's college teammate. Oh, Rashid. Rashid Wallace. You bet. Yeah. So there's our fours. There's our four thirty sixes, buddy. So not bad. That's a tough number. That's a tough number. That was a tough one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, let's jump into it here. Uh, watching film in the off season, uh, integral part of of your development, and it's something that you should be doing. If you're not doing it, you should be doing it. Uh, and and, and you know, Tony and I will have a few things to talk about here tonight. I, I guess I can get started here, Tony. Um, I think one of the things that it's important when you're watching your your film from the previous season is to try to to wait until you have no emotional attachment, no personal sentiment. Uh, you know, make it be a pure evaluation process. So if you're if you're still upset about the West High game, you know what? Don't watch the West High game yet. Uh, if it's been three weeks after your season's over or a month after your season, it can wait. But I think it's important to watch the film without any sort of uh, personal e- evaluation, no emotional uh, attachment. Uh, make it be pure evaluation. And if you're not ready to watch some film from your previous season, then then don't even touch it yet. Because you, you've got plenty of other games that you can watch that you're not going to have that. But I, I think it's really important that if you're still mad at Billy for whatever, or you're still upset about the way that you played that night or whatever, I, I think it's important that you try to wait as long as you can to do that, to make it be a pure evaluation. Sometimes when you're in the season, you don't have a choice. You're mad. And I we had a game this year where... I was really upset with our defense, and then I watched the film, and then I got more upset with our defense. And I came back the next day in practice and was not happy with our effort and our defensive intensity and so forth and so on. And, you know, it's okay to do that once a year. It really is. But that was probably one of the few times in my three years at my new job that I've gotten emotional after watching film. I try to keep it as as emotionless as possible make it be purely evaluatory evaluatory look at those big words i'm throwing out there tonight tony Uh, yeah well thank you it is quite impressive uh but you know what do you think about that tony about waiting and and making sure it's just a pure evaluation yeah i mean if you go into it emotionally um you're going to maybe say something you regret um it might put the wrong spin the wrong 
whatever on it. But yeah, you've got it. You have to go into it emotionally, emotionless, where you are just evaluating it based upon, you know, uh, an objective viewpoint uh, to make sure that it's fair to the player and to the team and to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what do you got, buddy? Um, you know, one of the things that, that you take a look at with film, um, you know, as you evaluate players, but also, you know, I take a look at it from a standpoint of is the scheme that we're running, does it best fit our players and our style and what we do? And then, you know, you also have the opportunity to go through if you didn't, you didn't defense, you did not defensive rebound well, you gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, you know, you have a chance to take some time and walk through that. Is it a technique thing? Is it a will thing? You know, are we not working on it enough and different things, but uh, it can provide some of, some of those areas as well. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of hit on two things that I had on my list there, buddy. Um, you're talking about best fits for your players. I, I, well, well, first of all, let's get this. Great thing about watching film in the offseason is it can narrow down your focus to, and I think it's important after watching these films, uh, to narrow down your focus to one, maybe two things. And I've spoken about this on on this pod and at other pods. Our, we, we have two big emphasis uh, going into our summer stuff here in a few weeks. Um, snipers and sureness. And it seems really simple because these are two kind of pretty big things uh, to, to, to take care of. Uh, but we have to shoot it better from the perimeter and we've got to take better care of the basketball. I mean, and then again, that seems simple. That's like, wow, Plum, boy, you're really just breaking it down there. But after watching our film, evaluating our film, we had plenty of good looks. It wasn't our system that was broken per se, especially when it came to our shot selection and the, the shots that our, our, our set plays and our offense created, we've just got to put the ball in the basket better. And I think that's one of those things that as you're evaluating film, you're like, oh, well, God, we got beat by such and such team by, by 15 points. We got blown out that night. Well, yeah, but did you, you know, did you just miss shots as they say, you know, and, and as they say about the NBA at times, it's a miss or make league. And if you can just watch that and narrow it down, that kind of goes to my other thing. You're looking for tweaks, not overhauls in a lot of situations. If you feel like you're close, we're not, like in our situation, we're not overhauling our system. We might add in a couple of new different sets going into uh, the summer to try and tweak that based on our our team and the talent and the skill that we'll have and, and where our where we feel like our strengths lay at. But we're tweaking what we have. We're not overhauling it. And I feel like we're a lot closer to having a lot of really good success than our record indicates. But we've got to take care of those things that we've seen on film. And if we can have better sureness with the ball and then finish the shots that we're getting, our record at the end of the year next year, hopefully will be a lot better than the one that we have this year. Is that kind of where you're going with that, Tony? Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. 
It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where as you take a look at, you know, your, your scheme and does it fit, it's more minor tweaks. I mean, I don't think anybody, if you have five, seven, five, eight post players are running Kansas's high low game. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's probably one of those things where it's minor tweaks. Um, but it just goes to show, I mean, if you're playing at, if you're playing at a slow pace and you've got, you know, players out there who have qualified in state track and are good athletes, it might be a little bit more of an overhaul. But at the same time, um, you know, we're, like I said, for the most part, it's just minor little things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about, it gives you a chance to look at your team's strengths and weaknesses. Um, and, and I think that's a, a great opportunity to do that. But also, I think, Tony, another great thing about evaluating postseason film and, and going into your improvement season is it gives you a chance to really break down your opponents as well and to look ahead about how you might want to game plan already going into the next season, especially at the high school level. Now, if, if you're a college coach, you've got kids coming in and out and you've got the transfer portal and you've got this and you've got that. But, you know, I know that I have spent time scouting, especially pre-Christmas games in June and July and preparing for those games in June and July so that I won't feel as rushed, I won't feel as uh, pressured as we get into that early season stuff that I've got a pretty good base that I feel pretty pretty good about you know, East High that first Friday night and, and, and Central High on Tuesday night or whatever your, your schedule is. And and I know that that has helped us win early season games before by evaluating film in the offseason and coming up with a plan and, and taking a look at those things before we even get to that point. And I know I've spent time doing that, and it's been really, really beneficial for me. Uh, have you ever done anything like that, Tony? Yeah, um, you know, it's just those things where you, you take the time to evaluate, you know, and yeah, I mean, just something where you go through and, and look to see what type of things out there that can help you and give you that competitive edge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what else you got, bud? Um, you know, and it is one of those things, too, I think, where when you break down that film, you know, depending upon the kid, it might not be the worst thing in the world to bring that kid in and to watch the film with them individually because you can take some things with huddle and some of the different programs that are out there and you can just make a clip of it i mean and you don't want to take every single time they didn't block out but just walk them through it because sometimes you know you can sit there and you can say it but if till you show them on film i think that really helps to register and bring it home better Mm -hmm. uh what are some of the things that you've done with that um, a little bit with like shooting form. That's probably been the bigger one. Um, just going in and I, and I tell our kids, you know, um, if you're in a lot and you shoot it a lot and you have some things or whatever, I'm probably going to leave you alone. But if you're not in a ton and, you know, you have some things with your with your form, uh, I'm going to come in and try to make some minor little tweaks. Nothing major. I mean, by the time I get them, they're in high school and you're not going to make a huge major overhaul at this point in time. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that idea of 
breaking down and, and having that uh, for your kids and and showing that. So so you, you're are you are you sending them that huddle clip or those huddle clips? You can clips? do it both. I mean, depending yeah. upon where you're at, you know, if you're seeing them pretty regularly in the summer, you can after a workout. Hey, can can we sit down and I want to show you something that I noticed on film. Mm-hmm. And if you're not seeing them a ton, you know, maybe you got a dead week or whatever. Hey, I was watching this film. Uh, it's about a minute 30 clip. Why don't you take some time to watch it and then just send it to them that way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I also think that one of the things that I've done, Tony, is, and this was especially true, and this kind of goes for the scouting situation as well, but one of the things that, that I have done and thought about in April, May, June, July, is preparing for pressure situations even before they happen. Um, and this really came to, you know, this was a reminder of me. We, we settled on this topic like Tuesday or Wednesday last week, something like that, didn't we? Something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know, did you see the end of the Miami-Milwaukee game? Yeah, with the lob play. With the yep. lob play, yeah. So... You get into the heat of the moment, and again, Mike Budenholzer has more knowledge in his pinky finger than I have in his in the tip of his pinky finger than I have in my entire body. Okay, I get that, but you know, one of the things that they said is Miami went with this really small lineup, and it was basically five guards. So they took Brooke Lopez out, and they put somebody else in. I forget who it was, and that led to Jimmy Butler having a mismatch on the lob play because they put Giannis on the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're you know, to me, and the NBA guys see this all the time, you know, Brooke Lopez is like a mobile home with legs, and he's got a big wingspan, and you can put Giannis back at the basket to protect the basket or guard the guy that's got 4,000 points that night, you know. And mm-hmm. and so if, if you're thinking ahead, instead of screaming, oh, my gosh, they've got guards out there. Well, we've got to put guards out there. Well, you're still in a situation, you know, that pass goes up if you put Brooke Lopez on the ball. And you have Giannis guarding the basket or guarding somebody out there as one of the best defensive players in the game instead of panicking when you saw that really small line, lineup out there from Miami. Then, then you're that's preparing for the pressure before the pressure situation hits. Now, again, it was a crazy play, Jimmy, but I still don't know how he made that shot, Tony. But um, to me, those are the situations that I'm talking about there where you're watching film in the offseason. It's like, okay. When we get into that situation, or as you're, and, and you could carry this into watching the, the the playoffs right now. Okay, if we're in that situation, it's it's sideline out of bounds play, two and a half seconds left in the game. How would we defend that, or what would we run? Who would we run that for? And you and you have that ready to go already, and and you're you've thought that that circumstance through even before you even get there. Uh, I remember. One year, we, we we had a big turnover, and we were a pretty young team with a couple of seniors that were going to play, but they weren't going to play a ton. They were they were they were role players as seniors, but our talent was with our juniors and sophomores. And we got into an early season game, and it was it was close. It was a close game, and we got to like the last five minutes. And I had made that decision in August or September that hey we're going to let these young kids figure it out in this close game. And we followed through with it. Now, we didn't win that game, but I really believe losing that game in December helped us win in January and February because we had made that decision before the pressure was applied to us. And 
And so by watching film in the offseason, I think that's other things that that can prepare you for. Does that all make sense, Tony? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, you, you have those situations where you go through with a team, you know, and it's one of those things where you have to be there. I mean, you can practice it all you want in practice, but until you get into the pressure of a late game situation, whatever it may be, you have three fouls, the other team is down one, it's their ball, they're going full court. You know, are you going to foul them and make them take the ball out of bounds and keep resetting things? Are you going to play it out? I mean, there's just a a ton of different late game situations. Like I said, you can practice and practice and practice it, but until you get into where the bullets are flying and you see what type of poison composure those kids have, um, you just have to take some of those things and and learn and walk through it. Mm -hmm. And, and, you're, you know, it's kind of like what I tell my parents. I'm not going to always make the right decision, but even if it doesn't work out for us, that's the best decision. You know, it, so such and such substitute situation, let's say. Well, yeah, we still lost the game by three, but if we'd have done something else in the heat of the moment because I hadn't thought ahead of it, we're, we lost by seven or eight. So, yeah, you may, you may still lose, but you're still making the best decision. And, and just because it doesn't work doesn't mean that it wasn't the best decision. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, have you ever talked about that with, with folks before, Tony? Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, there are times that you draw something up, they, they go out there for whatever reason, it goes off the tracks and then somebody makes a shot and they're like, oh man, that was a great no, it wasn't great. I drew something completely different up. They made a play. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you draw something up, it goes beautifully, and for whatever reason, the ball doesn't go in or you didn't switch a screen when they called switch or whatever the case may be, and you get beat at the horns like, no, it was it was good. We just missed the shot or we just didn't execute the switch properly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anything else on this, buddy? Um, you know, to be honest with you, you know, as far as filming the off season, um, it's something that I, I think is important. Um, I'm a little bit out of out of uh, practice with it uh, from, you know, just because now at the sophomore level, we do film our stuff. But the sophomores go up next year and then mm-hmm. our freshmen don't have to film. Um, but it's, it's a thing that I've gotten out of practice with. But I do believe film the off season can be very beneficial is just where you got to dig in there a little bit and find those things and know what you're looking for. I mean, it's not going to be where you just kind of, uh, it falls into your lap. You have to have a plan and work your plan. Mm-hmm. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin Video Library. You know who else works their plan, Tony? Obviously, Europe.
It is Europe, Tony. It is Europe. It is the final countdown, and that means it is time for the coaching staff trivia of the week. I got a good one here today, buddy. I think I got it. All right. Are you ready, sir? I'm sure I can miss it today or tomorrow or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You want to miss it today? Yeah, today works. We can just talk for another, I don't know. Three and a half hours and wait till 12.01 and then <laughs> put it out there, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, this this trivia question does actually have to deal with something that happened today. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, today, and, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a couple of minutes. Uh, the Warriors won Game 7 over Sacramento with a dominant uh, second-half performance. That win today... I believe, and I, I could be slightly off with this number, but I think I'm I think I'm on. Uh, that was win, playoff win number ninety six for the trio of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. That puts them third all time in NBA history in wins as a trio. Can you name the two trios ahead of them? I'm gonna go. Parrish, Mikhail, Bird? They have actually surpassed them. Uh, they are fourth on the list with 85. Whew. Yeah. Um, Magic, Kareem, Worthy. They are fifth on the list <laughs> with 78. But I will give you a hint. Uh, how about LeBron, D. Wade, and Bosch? Nope. No. 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 That's my three guesses. So I, I've struck okay. out. So... I was thinking Magic, Kareem, and Worthy, but if you recall, James Worthy didn't come into that triumvirate until like two or three years later, and then he like broke his leg his rookie year or something like that, so he didn't play in the playoffs his rookie year. So they had 78, Bird McHale Parrish had 85, Steph Clay and Draymond are at 96. In second place is Magic, Kareem, and Michael Cooper. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So you had the bones of it right. It was just Michael Cooper kind of snuck in there. The uh, Koopa Loop. The Koopa Loop. You betcha. Uh, one hundred and ten, and then number one all time. A hundred and twenty-six wins. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Manu. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So. They still got. They still have thirty more wins, so they would have to basically win two more NBA championships to get close to those three. Huh. Pretty impressive. Wow. Pretty that impressive. is very impressive. Yeah. I mean, because you can kind of see, you know, the they they turned it up today, no doubt about that. Um, but it's one of those things where um, I would say that you can see. If they win it this year, I don't know if they'll win it again. I mean, I, I use the the Kings are coming, the Grizzlies are young, and I know they're immature, but they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't see without some tweaks around them, and they got. I mean, I thought Looney, besides Steph, was the second best player today. Oh yeah, uh, you know, you know, as far as the other ones go, Andrew Wiggins has been very key for them. I know he struggled second half to make shots, but. Yeah. You know, one of their better defensive players, if not their best defensive player. Mm-hmm. Definitely their most athletic guy. 
Yeah, and I think the changes would have to be, you know, and, and Draymond had a 21-point game in the series. Clay shot it well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not, not necessarily today in the first half, but had, had you know, shot it well previously. But I just see them, they're, they're kind of towards the end of it, I would say. Yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. But Steph Curry continues to amaze. Oh, it's it, incredible. So six, 35 years old and puts up 50 today. Yeah. Is he one of the 10 best players of all time, Tony? I would say in the top 10. You know, I saw some maybe put in the top five. I don't know if I'm willing to go there, mm-hmm. but I would definitely say top 10. And he's he's coming for the top five. If he keeps doing this another two or three years, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We got, we got LeBron in the top 10. Yeah. We got Michael Jordan. Yep. Okay. We got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. um, Bill Russell, yep, probably Chamberlain, yeah. Um, do we sneak Wade Looking Bill in here? No, no, it's close. Okay. I'd say probably eleven or twelve. Okay, all right. Uh, sorry, Wade. Uh, who else would we have in here? Duncan, Duncan, um, probably Bird. Magic, Bird, Magic, Bird. So that's eight right there. Yeah. He's 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 probably got to be ahead of Oscar and Jerry West and I don't know uh Hakeem would be close. Yeah. He'd be close. I would put him ahead of those um I'd say he's on the same plane right now as as Magic and Bird. Mhm. I would put him in that that stratosphere right now. Mhm. I think you're right, buddy. I, I really I really think and and he like so when they first started winning championships, it was mainly just threes, you know, that mm-hmm. that, that, that he did and his threes were so good that his uh off the bounce game uh was passable. Now mm-hmm. his off the bounce game is really, really good. Really good. Some of those floaters are insane. Yes. Oh yeah, and and and, and He's obviously he's not quick. He's not like explosive. Like he's not going to go up. Yeah, not bouncy. No, no, not bouncy. No, but he he he's great at finding angles. Obviously, he's got great eye hand coordination. So he's hitting the glass at a certain angle and he's putting it up there. And and he and he just oh man, he he is just taking it to another level right now. Just unbelievable. So. Um. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in the top ten now. I guess maybe your 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 tenth. You know, is is Kevin Durant in there? Um. You got Oscar. Yeah. You got Jerry West. Um. We, who else would we have here, Tony? Um. Giannis. Those, those are probably in that. Those you know, like you said, Oscar, Jerry West. Um. You know, Kevin Durant. Um. Those guys are all in that that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should just do a separate pod on our our our, our all time rankings. The Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We might have to do that. So, want to know more about a pen and a napkin and all the resources it offers? Go to a pen and a napkin dot com. A great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our a pen and a napkin university video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. 
We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every A Pen and a Napkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of A Pen and a Napkin. Apenandanapkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach. So, uh, so we're down to the final eight, Tony. We've had um, two game ones. Uh, Denver beat Phoenix last night, um, and then New York lost to the to the fighting Jimmy Butlers, the the guy that's whole team team and everybody. Um, you want to do like a quick minute or two on each one of these series and kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, you know, uh, let's let's start with the the one that started us off last night, Phoenix and, and Denver. You know, I know a lot of people. I was looking through different predictions and stuff, like Phoenix going into this, and they asked. You know, Durant after the game last night, or people sleeping on the Nuggets. He's like, I'm definitely not sleeping on the Nuggets. And you know, Jamal Murray is is taking his game up, coming back off the ACL tear and mm-hmm. playing really, really well. And then uh, Jokic is is incredible. Um, and then they've got some really nice pieces around them. You know, uh, Michael Porter, uh, KCP. Um, yeah, they're they got a good bench there too. I just I really like Denver a lot, and I think Denver's going to get that series. What are your thoughts on that one? I have always been a closet Denver Nuggets fan, and I just I I you know other than the Celt- the Celtics and the Nuggets are probably my two best teams, and that's not just you know Homer, um, you know it's, it's always been like that, and and uh, I really I really think they're going to win this series. I think that I think. I think Booker is amazing. I think he is really, really good. I think he's ready mm-hmm. to take a big, big time leap. Not that he hasn't taken a leap already, but he in the in the eye of the public. If you know the game, you know how good Devin Booker is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think you know, like okay, so Devin Booker is really, really good. But I think Jamal Murray is not as good as Devin Booker. But he's not very. The, the difference between Devin Booker and Jamal Murray is not as big as it was with Devin Booker and whoever the Clippers had him playing against, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I just think that, you know, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, but Michael Porter Jr. is, is still a, a solid player that there's not the massive drop off. And then you've got, you know, so I, my point being uh short story or long story short, which is far too late at this point, Tony. So uh, <laughs> for those of you that have fallen asleep in the last 30 seconds, I apologize. Uh, I think Denver's going to end up winning this. I, I, I think Chris Paul is, the, the longer these playoffs go, the, the harder it's going to be for him to hold up. I want to look up real quick how many minutes he might have played last night. Um, I, I just I just don't think that, um, I just think that uh, Phoenix had to give up so much. They gave up all their depth in uh that trade for Durant and understandably yeah. so, but they, but they haven't had a chance to, to rebuild that depth. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think Denver has more than what Phoenix has. And, and I think that's just going to play out as the series goes. I mean, Chris Paul only played 32 minutes last night. Uh, they're playing campaign five minutes. Uh, Damian Lee, 12 minutes, I mean, Landry Shaman, you know, this is, this is not quality depth. Whereas, you know, the Nuggets have Bruce Brown, they've got, uh, uh, what's the green, uh, Jeff Green. Oh, Jeff Green. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, that Christian Braun from Kansas is better than mm-hmm. anybody that, 
Phoenix is bringing in off the bench. So I, I just think that's going to be a big difference, Tony, in my opinion. I, I, that's the reason why I think Denver is going to end up winning this. And, and I think it's going to be a long series. I think it's going to be a six or seven game series, but I think Denver's going to end up winning it. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I think six, um, is, is where it'll go. Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, you saw New York and, uh, Miami today, Miami got game one. Uh, Julius Randle didn't play. In all honesty, I think that's a big key for this thing because, you know, Obi Toppin's a nice player, but he's a nice player going against the other team's second unit four man. Yeah. Not going, not being the starter. And so that was a, you know, he went out there and he, I'm sure there were nerves. You know, yeah. like I said, he's, he's a good player. I just don't know if he's ready for starters minutes. And Julius Randle is probably an all NBA player. I would say maybe yep. like a third team guy, yep. but still an all NBA player. And that, that's a big loss for them. Um, if he can come back in game two and be Julius Randle, I think it's going to be a long series. If he can't come back in game two, it'll be interesting. The other thing too, obviously it's an ankle for Julius Randle. Uh, Jimmy Butler, twisted his ankle and was used more of as a, as a decoy in the second half. Um, but if Julius Randle doesn't come back, I, I would take the heat. If Julius Randle comes back, I think, and he's Julius Randle, I think it's a coin flip. Would you take Jimmy Butler on your team, Tony? Oh, man. You know, Jimmy I, Butler, playoff Jimmy Butler is, is really, really good. I, 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 um, but I'm not, I'm not saying playoff Jimmy incredible. Butler. I'm not saying playoff Jimmy Butler. I'm saying just Jimmy Butler. Like. Yeah. You have to have he's, Jimmy Butler for twelve months out of the year. That's he's, what he's gritty. Um, you know, he's a, he loves ball. I'm um, just reading things about JUCO guy. Uh, just love ball. Got rid of cable. Got rid of some other stuff. <laughs> I saw that. And just yeah. went in and worked out three times a day. And you know, he he is a really really good player. Sounded like he was going to go to Iowa State before Wesley Johnson transferred out of there. Then he decided to go to Marquette. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know. Yeah, that. but yeah. he's. He's tough, yeah. um, just a, a really good player. Yeah, you know, those type of players are, are great this time of year. And it, and it's part of managing personalities. And I think, uh, I think uh, Spolstra said uh, he's psycho, but I'm kind of psycho. So we kind of go psycho together, you know, type of thing. <laughs> and, and there's some truth to that. And you've got to have a little... You got to have a little bit of that to be really, really good. And, and, and you've got to have the right people around you. Um, he's he's been unbelievable i mean he he is just uh he's like right now he's like that 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 kid on a high school it's it's kind of relatable to a high school situation where it's like uh, he's got these other four people around him but you know he's awesome but everybody else is eh. but the other people play so well around him and and he plays so hard that they have no choice but to play as hard as he does and and he's just kind of you know whole team in this 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 group here uh to to where they're at i think that new york is going to come back and win this though i I just think at some point like gabe vincent is still gabe vincent again gabe vincent is way better at basketball than i'll ever be or or ever was unless it's a nerf hoop in my classroom uh but uh he had he hit five threes today he had 20 points he was plus 11 on plus minus uh I just think that's going to even itself out. At some point, the Heat are going to come back down to earth. I really feel like that. And I think New York's going to end up winning. It's going to be a long series because both teams are so tough, so gritty. But I, I think it's going to I think it's going to be New York in, in six or seven. That's my opinion. And Jalen Brunson is not going to shoot it as badly from behind the arc as what he did today, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But I really, I go back. If Julius Randle doesn't come back, I'm taking the heat. If Julius Randle comes back and is somewhat Julius Randle, it's going to be a long series. It'll be a coin flip. Yep, yep. Uh, how about the the series that haven't started yet? Uh, okay. The uh, Celtics and Sixers starting tomorrow night. You know, I going in, I really like the Celtics a lot, especially with the way the Bucks were struggling. It's like, all oh, the Celtics are going to come out of the East. And then, you know, the, the Hawks, the Hawks have some talent, and I think Quinn Snyder's a really good coach. Um, but I was just surprised it went six games, and the Celtics in that sixth game had to pull it out late. I think they, they ended up outscoring them by 10 late mm-hmm. to win that game. Um, I still think the Celtics are going to get them. Um, you know, Joel is kind of banged up. There's there's word that he might not play tomorrow night mm-hmm. and, and different things. But, you know, the, the whole Celtics-Philly rivalry, it's, it's good yeah. that it's back and it's on. You know, it means a lot here in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think the Celtics are going to get them. Probably six games. Yeah. I would give it five or six. I think Boston's just way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially now if, if Embiid's healthy, then it's like, okay, I think they have a chance to maybe pull it out if he does Joel like all world type of stuff really consistently. Uh, you know, just unfortunately for him, he just can't. He's, you know, no pun intended here. He just can't buy a break here in, in his yeah. postseason. And, uh, and, I, and I think Boston now sees a real opening right now. I, I if, if they don't, oh my goodness gracious sakes alive. Uh, but I think they've, they've got to look at this and go, man, this is, this is falling for us. Like you can't yep. believe. And let's, let's go out here. Let's take advantage of this. And, uh, I think they're going to win it in five or six. They have, even if Embiid is, is playing, they have multiple bodies that they can throw at him. Robert um, Williams is a really good defender. Yeah, he is, and 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 Tatum and Brown are good. And in in nobody's talking about Harden with his Achilles slash ankle slash lower leg uh, injuries and that type of stuff. So I I think that, you know Boston has so many perimeter defenders as well to take take. You know, I I just think that it's Boston when they really decide to defend you, man, do they really defend you? And when they're locked in, when they're yeah. locked in, yeah. And uh, I, I think they're going to end up winning it in five or six. That's my prediction. So, um, and then probably and then you go out west of the Lakers, Golden State. Um, you know, I just think the Kings really push Golden State, and it's kind of one of those things: are are the Warriors going to go in exhausted from the Kings series? Are the Warriors going to go in as iron sharpens iron? Now they're sharp, uh, and 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 just run the Lakers out of the gym. Um, I tend to lean towards this one going to Golden State, and I'll, I'll, I'll go. I think it's going to take six games, but I, th- I would say Golden State is the prohibitive favorite. Yeah, I think that they are. I, I put on Twitter today, Tony, and I'll see. Let's. See, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back here a little bit. About halfway through the third quarter, uh, this performance by the Warriors reminded me of the old school '80s Celtics or early '90s Pistons. Whether you, that. whether you like it or not, they just have another gear of competitiveness that you have to overcome. And I and I think that uh, that's what the um, that's what the Kings ran into today. I lost my train of thought there. Like that second half hit, and they were like, "All right, forget this." And Steph did Steph things. Curry or uh, Looney looked like Moses Malone reincarnate. Um, yeah. And and they just took it to a level that I don't think 
uh, Sacramento was ready to take it to. And that's just pride. That's just competitiveness. That's just competitive greatness, as Wooden would say. And you, whether you like the Warriors or not, you got to tip their, your hat to them, man. We're watching generational stuff. This happens about once a decade. You know, we saw it with the Spurs. Uh, we're, we're seeing it with the Warriors. We saw it with the Bulls. Again, th- this is this is like that once in a decade type of stuff, Tony, where it's, it's just this generational group that has come together that has uh, sacrificed for one another. They, they know each other inside and out. And, and I really think that they kind of see uh, an opening here. Now, I, I think it's going to be pretty competitive against L.A. Uh, I think LeBron... Again, kind of like with Embiid, how long can LeBron and Anthony Davis stay healthy? Uh, yeah. If they stay healthy, it's probably going to be a six or seven game series. And Adam Silver and everybody in the NBA offices is hoping and praying to God that, like, if LeBron gets hurt, they might cancel a couple of days of games and push <laughs> it back. You know, let's give them a little bit more time here. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really, you know, I think Golden State is. I, I think now they have the, the now they're really really motivated. They these guys have been there, done that. Uh, they're ready to go, and I think they're going to end up winning this series uh, in I, at five or six. I, I think I think they're going to mess around and win, lose a game or two along the way, just because that's what they kind of do sometimes. But yeah, and I could see LA winning the first one just because. They play Tuesday after having played today. So I could see L.A. taking advantage of a tired Golden State team and stealing that first one. Mm-hmm. I could, too. Or the, the crowd could lift them up, too, and carry them through there. So, uh, But I, I think it's going to be Golden State um, somewhere in five or six games. I, I, I really do. I, I And, again, that's more about at some point, you know, how how – how long can AD and LeBron stay healthy? If they stay healthy, I think it's going to be closer to six than it would be five, but I think Golden State's just better. So I would say AD's the, the key there. Um, I thought he was really, really good against Memphis. Memphis was physical against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was banged up a little bit. Um, Looney's obviously going to be very, very physical with him as well. Yep. Yeah. And Draymond. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Draymond's physical with everybody. Um, yeah. So... Um, is that it for our? Is that it for our four series? Those are it. That's it. Did, did you have a prediction for that one? Did I hear you? Yeah, I took Golden State. I said six, um, but I, you know, I, I think it'll go six. Okay. Okay. All right. So I think we're kind of in line there. Great minds think alike, Tony. We were. Um, I have a feeling we may differ a little bit on one of the, the conference finals, not the Eastern Conference one, but I think we might differ on one of the conference finals in the west but we'll see yeah we'll, see. well we'll we'll check back in we'll see where our predictions are at next week and uh i don't know if we're great minds but but we have minds we semi-average yeah well yeah you know that 2.8 gpa at sheldon community high school class of 1992 that just got me right above the upper half of the class gpa <laughs> ranking so <laughs> you know quality education in Sheldon, Iowa. Hey, hey, one of the finest public school districts in the state of Iowa. So I would agree. Yeah. So uh, anything else tonight, Tony? No, um, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, as far as the film stuff, um, you know, it's, it's might seem 
a little bit whatever, but it can it can make a difference. It really can. And I, I, I like what we were talking about in terms of, you know, whether you send the clip to them or whether you watch the clip with them, but just a little bit of evidence, I think, goes a long way. And then you can even film your stuff in the summer mm-hmm. and show them the progress they're making there, too. Yep. I have, uh, I, I will say this. I really feel like that taking my time, uh, watching film in the off season for various different reasons has without a doubt helped us win games in the next season. It, it really has. And so I, I think it's an important exercise that you need to go through. And again, I think the biggest point of it is you got to take the emotion out of it uh, for yeah. me, you know? Uh, so I've watched some of our games from last year, but there's two or three games that I haven't watched yet just because I know I'm going to get frustrated because I know we were a lot better than what we showed that night. I'm just not ready to, to, to watch that and make a, strictly analytical analysis of what we did because I know we're better than that and what we need to do to fix it. I hope, and I hope that point makes sense because, uh, when you, when you take too much emotion into something, that's when bad decisions happen and that's when you make mistakes. And so that's why you got, you've got a lot of time and you don't have to watch every one of your previous season's games before you start your summer stuff with your team. But you you probably should watch maybe half at least, and take a few notes and take a look at some things. And okay, this is confirming what I thought we needed to work on this summer. This is confirming this, this is confirming that. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, so forth and so on. I think that's a good process to go through. I would echo that. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thank you for echoing me. I appreciate <laughs> that. You know who we forgot to have us echo? One another. Did you forget Chad again? Oh, we forgot Chad again. Dang it. All right, Chad Angel, we are so sorry. At one of these times, we are going to remember to get you on here so uh for mr tony Vis, my name is marty plum hope you enjoyed uh, episode number 36 of the coaching staff coaches as always let's be sure to own our craft one day 